Jeff Rohr, your host of the Denver Sports Report podcast. Uh, we're gonna. This episode is mainly gonna be about the Broncos season. Uh, we're gonna review Week One through Week Eighteen. Um, the letdown of a season that it was. We're just gonna review the season and how it went. Um, we know how the starting. If you're a Broncos fan, you know how the start went, and you know how the middle went. Then you know how that uh, lovely end to the season went. Um, so yeah, let's get into let's just get into the brass tacks here. Week one, the Broncos played against Daniel Jones, the two-year starter out of Duke on the New York Giants. They played them at the Meadowlands. They won that game, 27-13. Then the Broncos the next week went against the rookie. The star out of Clemson, who kind of didn't have the greatest rookie season you could would hope for it from a number one pick, and one of the most hyped prospects of all time. They played at TIAA Bank Field. Um, they beat Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-13. Then week three, the Broncos played... Zach Wilson, the rookie out of BYU, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, smiling kid. In the first home game, they shut out the Jets 26-0. Then, personally, this is where I knew the first challenge of the season was going to start. I'm like, okay, we're going to be playing Lamar Jackson and this really good Baltimore Ravens team. They're an AFC championship contender if they can stay healthy this season. At this point, the Ravens were completely healthy. This is before they had their late season injury collapse and this was probably the one of the flattest games i've i saw the broncos play early on and i'm just like oh this is a great discourse for the start of the season uh the broncos scored a single touchdown in that game they lost that game 23 to 7 i was a little bit let down because we had that hot start we were 3 and 0 i'm like personally i knew that it was a little bit of a facade in terms of what we had seen from those first three games because we finally played a good team with a proven quarterback, a former MVP in Lamar. Um, we couldn't stop him. We got shut down offensively. Defense wasn't able to contain Lamar as well as we should have. Lose that game. Then come into week five, we played the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game, I thought we should have won because we're going against Big Ben. He's probably in his last year at this point. This before he had said, yeah, I'm retiring. We're playing the Steelers at Heinz. It's not an easy stadium to play on the road at, but this is a team that you should be beating. Even though the Steelers did end up being a playoff team, I personally thought at this point in time the Broncos were better than the Steelers team. They should have beat this team. But they end up losing this game at Heinz Field 27-19. So I'm like, okay, this is the team we're going to have. We're going to start off hot, then get real bad, then get real good, then be real bad. Then this is the game that was, this two next two-week breakdown was a complete letdown for me personally. Because this is the week after John Gruden was fired. And I think Henry Ruggs was having issues at this time. I don't fully remember, but this is the week after... The head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders was fired in John Gruden. This is a team you need to beat up on because they lose their head coach. They're not 
doing great, but you end up going at home against the Raiders and lose 34 to 24. That's a game you should have won if you're the Denver Broncos. This is a weak Las Vegas Raiders team at that point. They lose their head coach. They're trying to refine themselves as a team. You need to win that game. Then again, another game where we should have won because you don't have Baker. You don't have Nick Chubb. You don't have Kareem Hunt off on the Cleveland Browns. you got to beat this team. And they, they have a guy who is like a third, fourth stringer come to the season in Dearness Johnson. That's a dude who came in to his first career NFL start and looked like an absolute stud Pro Bowl type player. You can't do that if you're the Broncos. The team you're playing against in the Browns on the road doesn't have their starting quarterback. Doesn't have a Pro Bowl caliber running back. Doesn't have another Pro Bowl caliber running back. And you make a third, fourth string running back look like a pro bowler. You can't do that if you're the Broncos. Because you go in to First Energy Stadium and lose 17-14 to 14 to a third, fourth string running back. You, whom you make look way too good for what he actually was. Then you rebound a little bit. You come in. You start playing the NFC East. You start off hot. You come home. You beat in a rough-and-tumble Halloween game against the Washington football team. You gum home and you win that game 17-10. to Personally, I'm like, okay, cool. This is a lot closer than it should be against the caliber of a team that the Washington football team is this season. That's not a game that should have been as close. And then you go into Jerry World at AT&T Stadium against one of the best NFC East teams, if not one of the better NFC teams. And you absolutely humiliate Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones in their home stadium. You go into Jerry's World and you win 30-16. to I was like, okay, cool. We can actually beat good teams. We can do this. All right, this... If this is what we can do against good teams like the Cowboys, we can go into AT&T Stadium, win our first game at Jerry's World in about since 1998. Because, yeah, the Broncos before the season hadn't won in Dallas in, yeah, 23 years since I was born. Yeah, so ever since I was born, the Broncos have never won at Dallas. And they come in, go into Jerry's World, and you win. I'm like, okay, cool. This is an actual good team that should be doing stuff. This is what I'd like the Broncos to look like. And this was after you traded your Hall of Fame caliber linebacker, the all-time sack leader on your in your organization. You trade Von Miller to the Rams this week and you go into AT&T Stadium and you win? Like you're somewhat looking at a rib rebuild and you just bounce back come after three straight losses and you win two. You beat the Washington football team, then you beat the Dallas Cowboys. And then there was the Week 10 letdown. You beat one of the best AFC teams, NFC teams, in the Dallas Cowboys at on the road. And then you come home and you play a letdown game against the Jalen Hurts-led Philadelphia Eagles. And you lose that game 30-13. to after you go and beat the best team in that in that division. 
that was a letdown of a game for me personally because I'm like, okay, we beat the Cowboys. We beat the best team in that league. This Philadelphia Eagles team, they're like second or third best in that division, but they're a middle of the pack, if not bottom half NFC team. And you go and lose to the Eagles at home. That was a letdown game for me personally. I don't... I still don't understand why we were able to beat the Cowboys then got absolutely thrashed by the Eagles. But moving on, uh, week 11 was the bye. Then coming out of the bye, uh, you played the Chargers at home. You go and beat Justin Herbert 28-13. You make him look... Even though Justin Herbert's a really good quarterback, you make him look not good for one week after a bye. So Vic Fangio did good. Uh, the now-fired former head coach of the Denver Broncos, you come back uh, after a letdown game against the Eagles. You go into a bye. Then you come back after your bye, and you beat a team that you should beat about. A team that uh, Vic Fangio, in his three years as a Broncos head coach, he owned the Chargers. So there was that for him. You come in, keep owning the team that you've owned. And then... This was, in my opinion, this was Javante Williams' coming out game, even though the, you lost the game 22 to nine. This was Javante's coming out game because you had Melvin Gordon hurt. You you're going on the road against the Chiefs at Arrowhead, so you're playing a Super Bowl contending team at their stadium, and you're down your coming into the season your number one running back in Melvin Gordon. And you let the rookie stud, Javante Williams, just let loose in this game. And he proves that he can be a workhorse in this league. Um, but you you let him prove that he's a workhorse against a good team. Even though you lose, you do see the flashes of what Javante Williams can become in this league. You win that. And then we play one of the worst teams in the league. This was the Demarius Thomas game. Because before this game, Demarius Thomas, the Broncos legend, had unfortunately passed. One of my personal favorite players of all time as a Broncos fan was DT. He was He's probably in my top five all-time favorite Broncos. Uh, along with Von Miller, Ed McCaffrey, Terrell Davis. All the guys that I kind of grew up with uh, yeah you had Vaughn I personally a lot of my family members like Ed McCaffrey so I like Ed McCaffrey then Terrell Davis he, I just like Terrell Davis not as a I don't I don't associate him as a football player all the time because I've, I've met him personally he's a really good guy um, you come you make a statement game against the Detroit Lions you keep your playoff, playoff hopes alive at that point you honor the memory of one of your great all-time players in DT this game. You win that game 38-10. to You absolutely dumpster the hurting COVID injury Detroit Lions because they were down their star running back, DeAndre Swift, and their stud tight end, TJ Hawkinson. So they're down there, two of their better players and best weapons for Jared Goff. But that also was a very good coming out game for Amon Ross St. Brown. 
Uh, and I was personally at that game. Amon Ross, St. Brown. He looked very... He looked like he could be a future number... A soft number one option. Or a... He looked like a very good number two option. If you get a very talented number one type wide receiver on the opposite side from Amon Ross, St. Brown, I think this Detroit Lions team could be very good offensively if they just get a true number one to counteract Amon Ross St. Brown, who's a very good wide receiver in his own right. Then you have the four-week letdown to end the season. You go at home against the Cincinnati Bengals, and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all their offensive weapons come in to your home stadium after in a must-win game for you to keep your playoff hopes alive and you play a very much let down game and you lose that game 15 to 10 the Denver Broncos offense showed that uh they weren't good as they have they just weren't good all season this was a very defensive led team similar to the Super Bowl 50 team but we don't have the Super Bowl 50 defense and our quarterback isn't a Hall of Famer in Peyton Manning we have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke so despite all our the shortcomings offensively you can't make up for it with just a mastermind at the quarterback position while having a literal studly defense then again, you go into Allegiant Stadium on the road against the Las Vegas Raiders in a must-win again. Because if you lose this, your playoff hopes take a severe hit. And you go on the road and you lose to Vegas again. A team that you shouldn't lose to twice in a season because the you're the Denver Broncos. You should have pride against your longtime rivals on the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, yeah, and then you go lose that game 17-13 in a must-win on the road against one of your biggest all-time just rivals in general. Even though the Raiders are a division rival, they're the rival. Then in another must-win game after against a team that you beat earlier in the season, you made their star young quarterback and Justin Herbert look silly the last time you played them. They go on the road at SoFi Stadium and lose to the Los Angeles Chargers, 34-13. At this point, in my mind, as the, as the Broncos fan I am, I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to go against the Kansas City Chiefs next week. We're already out of the playoffs now. Doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're just going to phone it in against the Chiefs. Hopefully, at this point, Fangio's fired... Shermer's fired. All right, all's good. We don't have to worry about anything. Then you go into your final game of the year against the Chargers at home. And you surprisingly take it to this Chiefs. Oh, my bad. Not, not the Chargers. The Chiefs. Apologies. You take it to this Chiefs team. You make this... You keep a lead for most of the game against the Chiefs team, and then there was the fourth quarter letdown. The fumble by Melvin Gordon in the fourth quarter sealed the deal on the Broncos' fate for the season. 
you start off with three straight wins against rookies and mediocre starting quarterbacks. And then you finish it against division rivals and you lose four out of your last five games. If we want to extend back, you lose five out of your last six. So you go five for you go one and five in your last six games. More or less Fangio sealed his fate of being fired at that point. All we got really left to do is hope that this next 2022 season we can find a quarterback, we can find an owner, and we can find a head coach and a staff to put behind that head coach. If you're a Broncos fan, that's what you got to look forward to now is the rumors of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers along with the rumors of Peyton Manning and John Elway being a part of ownership groups, taking over the ownership, and that we can find a head coach out of the 10 candidates we have right now. Personally, my top three out of these 10, number one is I'm just going to go with the betting favorite. Um, even though he's, he's not... Actually, we're going to start... Actually, let's go with this. My favorite guy that I want to get this head coach position for the Broncos is Eric Bieniemy. He's a Colorado University legend. You, I personally don't... I'm with a lot of fans that you don't let... After the week 18 loss to the Chiefs, you don't let Eric Bieniemy leave Colorado without interviewing him if you know you're going to fire Fangio. Eric Bieniemy comes back... And he's the head coach of the Denver Broncos next season. That's my personal favorite. Then we're going to go with my second option, who we've, we played this team. We played this Cowboys team. Their defense wasn't great against us. Um, but you have Dan Quinn, the Las Vegas betting odds favorite. Uh, personally, I like Dan Quinn as an option because this Broncos team needs an energy guy. Instead of like uh, another name that's being thrown out as Jim Caldwell, who's more of a stoic, just do the work type guy. We need an energy guy who can just reinvigorate this Broncos team to be a Broncos way team. You So you, I like Dan Quinn. Then my third favorite is the opposite side of the ball from Dan Quinn in Dallas is uh, Kellen Moore. He's a... He's actually a really good offensive coordinator. Um, if Without Dak, he's not great. But he's... yeah. He had the game later in the season where Dak's out hurt and his starting quarterback, Cooper Rush. And he made Cooper Rush look damn good. Cooper Rush looked damn good in that game he played. So I do like Kellen Moore. Um, I, like that. I like that entire Cowboys coordinator situation personally i don't think the head coach is great in mike mccarthy but it helps that you have a top five coordinator in kellen moore and then you have a former head coach former super bowl coaching head coach my bad and dan quinn on the defensive side who reinvigorated a bottom third defense from last season to be top five 
So you have a guy who turned around that Cowboys defense very well. Um, so I like Dan Quinn, but I personally, my favorite's Eric B. Enemy. I want Eric B. to be the next Broncos head coach. After a quick uh, little commercial break, uh, we'll come back with the second half of our episode. Hey there, listener. Jeff Roy here, your host of the Denver Sports Report. Question for you. Do you consider yourself a casual gamer? Do you want to compete in your favorite video game in a more competitive nature? Grin Esports can help you find an amateur team in their gaming organization. So come and join the Grin Esports community today. Go and follow them over on Twitter at Grin Esports and join the Grin Esports Discord channel. Go and connect with fellow gamers and be part of one of the fastest growing esports organizations. And come back to the Denver Sports Report with your host, Jeff Rohr. Uh, we left you off with that little bit of a teaser for the second part with the head coaching position, the ownership position, and my favorite, this quarterback position. Once again, we have the Aaron Rodgers debate of if he's going to come to the Broncos or not. And then throughout the season, we also had the lovely, lovely, lovely Russell Wilson have us. The lowly Denver Broncos, who he absolutely destroyed in Super Bowl 48, the decimation, that's what my memory calls it as, is the decimation. We're on his short list of teams he would waive his no-trade clause for, so we got that to look forward to. Um, if you're George Payton, you have to go get yourself that star quarterback. You can't hope a veteran who doesn't make the team better around him can come into this young offense and young defense that we have right now and win we have to have a guy who makes people better around him not having to have better people around him for him to be better because we've tried that previously so far with keenan with case keenum we tried the with the previous season with Teddy Bridgewater. It didn't work out too well. Teddy Bridgewater is a solid. No disrespect to Teddy Bridgewater, Grace. He's a solid starting quarterback in this league, but he's not one of those top five guys in this league that can make everybody around him better, even if they're not that good. He's. Teddy Bridgewater isn't in the same class as a Patrick Mahomes, a Russell Wilson, a Tom Brady, an Aaron Rodgers. He's not in that same class as like those four guys. You're not. You're not one of the absolute consistent guys who's going to be an All-Pro, Pro Bowler season, day in, day out, season in, season out. Like you're a solid. You can make a few Pro Bowls. You're, you're just been too injury prone as a quarterback to be good anymore Teddy Bridgewater no no disrespect to Teddy Bridgewater you deserve to be a starting quarterback in this league but the team has to be built around you compared to like in Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson Tom Brady honestly I would put Joe Burrow in there at this point because Joe Burrow is a solid quarterback uh, you have yeah Joe Burrow 
have he's one of those he's getting to be one of those top five guys where you can have a mediocre team around him and then just doesn't matter he's gonna he's going to make you a playoff contending team uh drew lock i don't when i first saw you come out of league come into the league i was a drew lock guy i was hyped he was like the one guy i liked out of that draft class and then he's just struggled to progress he's just struggled to progress in the as a quarterback he's gone to peyton manning to have him help didn't really he looked really good in the game against the chiefs to end the season but it just wasn't enough so we got to look for one of those top five guys to come in and just lead us to a Super Bowl, hopefully at least the playoffs, because we haven't been to the playoffs since we won the Super Bowl. The only NFL team in NFL history that hasn't made a playoffs in six years after winning the Super Bowl. So we got that to look forward to, is hopefully to break that streak of Six straight years of no playoffs. We're the we are on the second longest playoff drought of any team. The team with a longer drought than the Denver Broncos not being in the playoffs so far is the New York Jets. The Jets haven't been there since 2010. So we have we if you're a Broncos fan, you gotta hope that we can break that playoff drought this coming season for the 2022 season. You got to hope that we find our way to being a playoff contender again because this isn't the same Broncos team I grew up on where Mr. B was the, where Mr. Bolin, his one goal season in, season out was to be number one. He didn't care how we got there. We had to be the best. Ever since Mr. Bolin had his health issues in like 2016, which he later passed from, RIP, we seem to lack that Bolin will and must to be a successful organization. Um, We have to get that with this new ownership group. Hopefully they... I like what George Payton's doing with this team. I like George Payton. He's a he's proven to be a really good general manager so far from what I've seen. Um, Broncos country, um, a lot from what I've seen, a lot of it's a lot of 50-50. Either you, you're a George Payton guy or you're not a George Payton guy. There's no in-between. So we just got to figure that out. George Payton, uh, I believe in you in this head coach because right now, so far, as, the, as of this recording... You haven't interviewed anybody, but you have 10 candidates to, you're interviewing 10 guys. The 10 guys you got scheduled to interview are the Kansas City Offense Coordinator, who we previously talked about, and Eric Bieniemy. You have the former Offensive Assistant of the Denver Broncos, who was here when we won our Super Bowl, and Brian Callahan, who is now the Cincinnati Bengals Offensive Coordinator, who's doing... I personally will say Brandon Callahan's doing a great job as the Cincinnati offense coordinator. He's made Joe Burrow look very good, along with having Jay Jetta, not Jay Jetta, Jamar Chase, 
uh, Gee Jenna. Uh, I know I'm thinking just Jefferson. They're all as LSU, so it gets confusing. But you have you've made Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow look like literal. They've been studs, just absolute studs. And then you have the Philadelphia defense coordinator and jo- Jonathan Gannon. Not a guy high on my list personally. Then you have another guy who's doing very good work in Detroit and their defense coordinator and Aaron Glenn. He's a former Pro Bowl player in the NFL. So I personally like him a little bit, but I don't think he's 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 in my out of the ten, he's probably six, seven for me in Aaron Glenn. Then you got the Green Bay offensive coordinator and Nathaniel Hackett. Personally, I don't I'm not very high in Nathaniel Hackett like I've heard a lot of people. If we're going to go and get Aaron Rodgers, I still don't want Nathaniel Hackett. Because you really haven't heard anything until this year about Nathaniel Hackett. So you don't. I don't really know what to look forward to with Nathaniel Hackett as a option of a head coach. Then again, staying with the Aaron Rodgers rumors, we have their pass coordinator, one of... Nathaniel Hackett's assistant and Luke Getze. If we get Aaron Rodgers, we might let. How I see it is, if we get Aaron Rodgers, we'll hire Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach, and then bring Luke Getze in as the offensive coordinator. That's what I see with those two guys. Is if we get Rodgers, we're going to get Hackett and we're going to get Getze. Hackett's going to be the head coach. Getze's going to be the OC. Then we'll go and get a very good defensive coordinator to be on the defensive side of the ball because if you don't have top tier assistance uh, with an offensive minded guy then this defense that's been built to be very great with all the draft picks of like Patrick Sertan going and rebuilding the secondary you gotta go get a new guy there you got to go get one of those like top three defensive minds. While I would love Vic to come back as the defensive coordinator, you can't do that because it's just too much of a conflict of interest. Then we have the New England Patriots inside linebacker coach, Jared Mayo, who I don't want another Patriots way guy. We tried that before with Josh McDaniels. It didn't work out. We don't need another Patriots way guy. Just don't don't do the Patriots way guy. Um, then we got the Dallas OC, who we previously talked about. One of my top three guys, Kellen Moore. I, I like him. He's a pretty good option. Uh, former quarterback. He's a great offensive mind. He, he'd be a good option if we wanted to bring him as a as a head coach. Then we have their Los Angeles Rams offense coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. i not high in this guy, but he's still in my top five. He's probably number four for me. He's a coach under one of the great young minds for football is Sean McVay. You wouldn't be losing out if you were to go get yourself a Kevin O'Connell. He's, on, he's, he's, co- he's coaching on one of the great minds. Sean McVay is a very good coach who I wouldn't be mad about getting. 
Along with that, we have the betting favorite for the Broncos' new head coach in Dan Quinn, the ex-Atlanta Falcons head coach. I He's my top two because he's a former... He's a former Super Bowl coaching head coach. Despite being part of one of the most embarrassing Super Bowl comebacks of all time, he's still a great coach. Um, I don't have a problem with Dan Quinn coming in as the Broncos head coach because he hasn't had any issue. Despite his issues in Atlanta, he sucked it up, looked himself in the mirror, and and try to reinvent his coaching style to be better because he went to Dallas. He took a coordinator job. You, if you're a former head coach, you really don't want to do that, but super, Oh wait, my bad. Apologies with Dan Quinn. You're a former Super Bowl coaching head coach and you take a coordinator job. You, you suck it up. You take that coordinator job and you reinvent yourself, become a better coach overall. I'm not mad about the Dan Quinn option. Another few names I've heard thrown out there in terms of the head coaching option are Doug Peterson or a few of the more higher-end coaching... Not coaching. The higher-end, like 104 through the fan. Uh, they call him Dougie Fresh. Personally, I'm not a fan of Doug Peterson. Uh, he had a heavy falling out with not only his quarterback, but the front office. He had, a, he had a falling out there with them. And then another name, which he, the that isn't on this 10. But I think if you're George Payton, you'd go out and interview him anyway. Is the all-time, one of the all-time greatest Lions head coaches who only knew how to win in a meteoric franchise and organization you got to go interview Jim Caldwell even though I previously said he's not what the Broncos need uh, uh, personality wise he's still a guy you want to go interview he's a good head coach he won in a he went and won in a losing franchise so you've got to go interview yourself Jim Caldwell you can't just let a top tier guy like Jim Caldwell just not be interviewed because uh out of the 10 guys george payton already has set to interview only one of them is a former head coach and dan quinn you got to go interview yourself a few former head coaches like jim caldwell like doug peterson despite me not liking doug peterson you got to go interview them so you can't let those guys go um that was the quick little Head new. That's the new head coach look for the Denver Broncos with the 10 guys that are being interviewed. Then another two names that aren't on that interview list and Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell. Um, let's take a I'm just going to quickly talk about the new ownership groups that are being thrown out there. The two names that are being connected with ownership groups that are potentially going to be trying to bid to buy this Broncos organization. One name being thrown behind an organization is the all-time great for the Denver Broncos, the Hall of Famer, 
John Elway. Um, personally, my feelings about the John Elway option are you bring in George Payton to be your replacement if you're John. You're trying to do hands-off. You're trying to be more hands-off because you're, you're not wanting to be a part of the day-to-day anymore. Uh, you're not wanting to be part of the day-to-day. You bring in George Payton. He takes over the day-to-day, and you start receding yourself in the background. If John Elway was to be part of the ownership group that does buy the Broncos, I would prefer John be a silent partner and not be fully in on the day-to-day operations. Because you're, you're just conflict of interest there. Because there's the famous quote from the draft when we picked, when we picked up Patrick Sertan of, You okay with this, John? So, it would bring, it would be a bad idea offensively. Uh, not, not offensively. It would be a bad idea Broncos organization-wise to not have John Elway be more, anything more than just a silent partner who benefits from being part of the Broncos organization still. Because it, um, it puts... I feel like it would put a lot of undue stress on George Payton and his role as the general manager because he would have to be looking over his shoulder again with John Elway. It's just a conflict of interest that I would prefer not happen. So I like George Payton. I like what he's doing. You just need to not have him looking over his shoulder at John Elway being there. Then the... A lot of what Broncos country, from what I'm hearing, the ownership group that a lot of them are happy about potentially having is the Peyton Manning ownership group, where Peyton would be, I don't know, personally, I don't know what role Peyton would take if he'd be active in the day-to-day or if he'd be more of a silent guy or a guy that's part-time here, part-time not here, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know what we would be getting from a Peyton Manning owner, from Peyton Manning being in part of an ownership group or him being with the owners. Um, I think, personally, thinking about Peyton and his like personal life, he's enjoying retirement. He's enjoying spending time with his kids. He's enjoying life after football. I think he would, personally, I think Peyton, being part of an ownership group, he'd take more of a not active day-to-day role he'd he'd probably more want a say in what's going on he just want to be looped in to what's going on he wouldn't want to be part of the day-to-day operations he'd just be like okay cool that sounds good thank you for consulting me then and wanting my opinion because he'd probably want to keep his day-to-day life open because he's enjoying his post-retirement. Then we have an ownership group not at all led, not at all with the Peyton Manning or the John Elway behind there. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know if that would look like a option of Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk being part of that. Uh, I wouldn't want either of those guys personally. I would want a 
because I don't know what that would look like if they'd be active day to day or whatnot. Um, but you have names like Jeff Bezos, Jay Z, Elon Musk being thrown out there as a possible solo owner. I don't know how to feel about that. And finally, we're going to end off on my favorite part of looking forward to this 2022 season. We have a consistent rumor of Aaron Rodgers and trade deals I'm being, I've heard being thrown out there for potentially trying to land Aaron Rodgers. And then we have a Russell Wilson, which I'm just going to throw out my own trade offer for a guy like Russell Wilson if he does end up come to if we do end up trading for Russ um, Aaron Rodgers the trade deal I've been hearing thrown out which uh, to, here's the trade deal that I would like for us to send for Aaron Rodgers we would trade Drew Locke obviously or yeah, trade Drew Locke keep him uh, as a to learn under Rodgers but Sherlock either is traded or stays here. To replace Sherlock, you throw in at least a first and a second if you don't trade Sherlock. But if you do trade Sherlock, you trade Sherlock a second round, uh, this year's second round for a 2022 draft, a 2023 first round pick, and a 2025 first round pick. Along with, personally, I think you should trade Pat- Tim Patrick. I personally, I think he's the third best wide receiver on this team. Despite Jerry Judy having a touchdown this season, I think Jerry Judy's upside outweighs what we're getting from Tim Patrick. I think this is probably the best we've seen of Tim Patrick. Um, But I would trade at least two, at least three first-round picks, a star on the offense, and then we could trade Bradley Chubb. Despite Bradley Chubb being a good football player, he's not the all-pro that we thought we would be drafting with him. Um, but yeah, you trade Drew Locke, 2022 second round, 2023 first round, 2024, 2025 first round pick, along with Bradley Chubb. And if you don't want to trade Drew Locke, you switch him out with Tim Patrick. Uh, that's the trade offer I personally would send for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> trade offers I've been hearing would be you trade Jerry Judy, you trade Drew Locke, you take you trade Tim Patrick, you trade this year's you trade this year's second round pick, you trade next year's first, 2024 first, and then you trade a guy like Patrick Sutan and Bradley Chubb. Personally, I think that's way too much for a guy who's on the twilight of his career in Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers has like maybe three years left. Not three good years. I think he has like one or two good years left. I think a lot of the trade options I'm hearing for Aaron Rodgers are a little excessive. But then we have a guy like Russell Wilson who's... In his early 30s compared to Aaron Rodgers, who's 38. For Russell Wilson, I obviously would trade trade Drew Locke to him. You trade this year's first. You trade this year's second round pick. So you trade the 2022 first and second round picks. 
you trade the 2024 first round pick and the 2025 first round pick. So you keep your 2023 first round pick as an option to try and break somebody. Then you trade a guy like Albert O or Tim Patrick. Actually, I don't think the Seahawks would take Albert O. But you trade Tim Patrick. Then on the defensive side, you trade Riley Chubb. My trade offer for Russell Wilson would be Drew Locke. First round this year. Second round this year. Second round next year. And then the 2024 first, 2025 first. Tim Patrick and Bradley Chubb. I really highly rate Russell Wilson as a quarterback. I think he would be a great addition to this Broncos offense. Because you could go get a another really good wide receiver that's Tim Patrick-esque. On, on the free agency, we, there's potential guys on there like DJ Chark, who you could go get, who's young, tall, really good player. Um, then on the defensive side, uh, we have to move on from Kareem. The one name I'm... I know he's a free safety and he's in the same position as our, as our very good safety in Justin Simmons. I know... Justin Simmons and Marcus Williams play the same position. But you could go sign Marcus Williams to replace a hard hitter like Kareem Jackson. You go get Marcus Williams and you can switch Marcus Williams or Justin Simmons to that strong safety position. You can allow them more freedom to be a hard hitter. You go sign Marcus Williams, you you replace Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson's getting older. You get Kareem out of here or you can bring him back as a veteran presence because everybody here likes him you go get marcus williams you switch marcus williams or justin simmons to strong safety you have a very good secondary at that point then you if you're not going to go get russell wilson or aaron Rodgers, you've got to try and reinvigorate the defensive side of the ball if that number nine pick comes around i think if you're not going to get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, you may take a chance on Matt Corral out of Ole Miss. But if you do get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers and you somehow keep the ninth pick for this pick, you go and get one of the better outside linebacker options in this draft. You go get the Alabama stud and Will Anderson, who, in my opinion, is the best linebacker out of this entire class you go get yourself will anderson you get yourself better on the linebacker side of the ball then you don't worry anymore you have to allow yourself to since we're going with the youth movement in the broncos organization you got to go full youth organization and you just got to go get yourself the best option at what position you're lacking because if we because we need to get somebody on the opposite side of Bradley Chubb if we don't trade for Russell Wilson or Rodgers somehow. You have to get somebody that can complement Bradley Chubb while, while, while I will say, while I will say Malik Reed's been good, I will not say he's the best option. I don't. I think there's better guys in this draft than are. Than if we were to stay with Millie Greed as 
the opposite, opposite side of Bradley Chubb on the linebacker core. I think we need to go and get a Will Anderson to compliment Bradley Chubb. We need somebody who... I just don't think Malik Reed has that much of an upside as the starting linebacker on the Denver Broncos. We have to go get somebody who can be good. be Not be good, but be better than what we've seen from Malik Reed. So I think we should be going to get like Will Anderson if we do get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers and we keep the ninth pick. If we don't get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson and we have the ninth pick, we have to take the best available quarterback in this class, who in my opinion is Matt Corral. Because we have, because Drew Locke, he's been given plenty of chances. And he's proved that he's not the guy. Um, if we were to bring in Matt Corral, uh, we would need to trade Drew Locke because that's a conflict of interest. That'd be a hostile quarterback room to have. We got to move on from Drew Locke if we do go get a guy like a Matt Corral. We can't have that conflict of interest there. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I got to say for this week's episode. Um, yeah, and you've been listening to Denver Sports Report with me, Jeff Rohr. Don't forget to like and subscribe and continue to listen to us on your preferred podcast streaming service.